was here on Maui. He's up on the top of the mountain, and he decides to see if there's something on that frequency. So he tunes in, and he hears a little girl doing a Bob Marley special. And he's just like, what the heck? Welcome to Radio Survivor. We're here for the love of radio and sound. I'm Paul Riesmandel. Hello, everybody. Eric Klein here. And I'm Jennifer Waits. And Jennifer, you were just in Hawaii on the island of Maui, and you had an opportunity to visit a couple of community radio stations there. Uh, But today, uh, we're going to focus on one in particular. uh, Because it's special. It's really special. What makes it special, Jennifer? It's all the DJs are kids and teenagers. It's a youth-oriented show built inside of a youth community center, run by one very special guest on our radio show today and it's on the beach too so that's i mean there are a lot of things special about this place i was it was a drop-in visit that was amazing you know sometimes i'm anxious about dropping in somewhere because i don't oh people don't always like drop-in visitors (laughs) but Mm -hmm. this worked out quite nicely so we'll be talking to Laura Civitello, who is the program director of Radio Pio, which is at the Paia Youth and Cultural Center in the town of Paia, Hawaii, on Maui. Yeah, Laura really is a very community-oriented individual, built a radio station <laughs> around a strong community that they built with love around yeah. a community, an existing community of, of young people who did amazing things, including squatting the original building that the community center is in before it was a radio station. Well, let's not give yeah. away too much. <laughs> Laura is, is her energy and her love for both the kids and radio is, yeah. is infectious. Uh, this is one of my favorite interviews we've done in a very long time. Yeah, a very exciting radio station that we're happy to share with our community here on Radio Survivor. On the line, we have Laura Civitello, who is the program director at Radio Pio, who I met on my vacation to Hawaii. So, Laura, I'm so excited that you're joining us on Radio Survivor today. Hi, Jennifer. It was so much fun to meet you and your family when you were here. I, you know, when I heard, when I was doing my little bit of radio research while on vacation in paradise... I ran across information about your youth-oriented radio station, and I convinced my family that we needed to try and at least drop in because I was and so you intrigued did. by you what came, you're doing. I remember you came at kind of a fun time. It was you really caught the kookiness That's of awesome. all of it. So, what was there? I want to hear about the kookiness. What was happening when when Jennifer walked well, what, into the what station? Well, what this is. Well, what this is is just one of the programs of Paia Youth and Cultural Center which um, has uh, been here since 1993. It started in an abandoned building, and it's evolved over many years. We've had the same executive director the entire time. Uh, myself and uh, a few of my coworkers have been here for many, many years. Um, so it is just uh, one of the programs that we offer here at the Youth Center. So um, I believe that uh, Jennifer and, and your family came in uh, when, you know, we had a good uh, house full of kids. I seem to remember a lot of screaming going on. Um, yeah, it was, we've it was got, in the afternoon. We've got a cooking program. We've got um, outdoor leadership programs. We've got media production programs. And basically, we're a really big family. 
on the North Shore of Maui here, and Jennifer can tell you what an outrageous location we have right on the beach, and literally right on the beach, because the house is here, because um, a tsunami in 1946 uh, took away a big neighborhood of houses that were here, so we were the last house standing, and... um, It was used for a variety of things over the years, but then it just uh, fell abandoned. There was a fire in it. I've been around. I've been on Maui a long time and was already uh, working in the North Shore town here of Paia. And the building was something you just um, didn't go near. It um, It was really dark. It was covered with graffiti. It was all charred and burned out upstairs. And so it's come a long way over the years. And we're we're very very proud of it, and we're a privately owned um, nonprofit, and we have um, we we generally have I'd say on an average of four hundred plus uh, members a year, and the kids they join at nine. Uh, there's also a, a, an incredible skate park here. Um, they join at nine years old, and then uh, they really never go away. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we stay connected with each other, and the mission of um, Paia Youth and Culture Cultural Center is building community through our youth. Hmm. And, you know, when I first came to work here, I, I kind of didn't really understand what that meant as a mission, but having been here 14 years now, you know, I just see how the kids, you know, make make lifelong friendships, grow up, end up having businesses together and staying connected with us. So it, it's a really big family. Uh, I'm really excited to is, hear about our, how you guys also make radio. I know. It's going to be a good interview today. Yeah. So, yeah. so Laura, how... Tell me, tell me how that came about. So all these other cool programs were happening at the Paia Youth and Cultural Center How did the idea to start a radio station happen? Well, that went back to 1999, and it was a former employee of the Youth Center in some of its uh, more rugged days in the 90s. Uh, He had seen um, an announcement in Wired magazine Mm -hmm. that there was a five-day window coming up where you could apply for a little radio station. He just thought, well, that would be an awesome thing to have at the Youth Center, so he applied for it. And then everybody forgot about it. Nobody thought about it until they received a letter from uh, the FCC in 2005 saying that um, we were granted a, I wasn't here yet, a license to construct. And uh, then they went into a scramble of who did they know that could build a little low-power radio station and run it as a youth program. And they were having no luck uh, finding anybody. I was a DJ on the... um, the first non-commercial station here on Maui, uh, Manao Radio, which is a wonderful, wonderful station. Which and, we've written um, about on Radio Survivor, by the way. So. Cool. Good, good. We'll, um, we'll link to that So I was notes. with them. I was with them. And, um, you know, the word kind of finally got around to me and got my attention. And I was in my mid-40s already and really looking for the next chapter of my life. And... Uh, you know, at first when I received a, an email about it, I sent it out to people I thought might want to do it because I sure didn't know how to build a radio station. And, uh, you know, I was a DJ. So um, 
then I looked at that email again and I realized that it was exactly what I'd been praying for. I'd really wanted something to give my life to and uh, came down, scooped up the job and then went on a really steep learning curve of how I was going to build this station so that I could keep it on the air 24-7 as one person and run it uh, in a way that children as young as nine years old could come in and um, and take over and run the station live. So, um, you know, I'd done nothing with computers uh, until then, except email. I mean, this was 2005 turning into 2006. Um, so we came, managed to do it, you know, got the help of uh, an engineer, kind of retired engineer guy, and um, thank God he took that on, set it up with a couple of computers, and it, by the t- we came on at the exact deadline of when you were going to have your license, have your station on the air or lose your license and never get it back. Okay. So just made that deadline. And I was under a contract from the office of youth services, the state of Hawaii. So the station was funded then by this contract that was an anti-drug, anti-violence program. So they weren't funding the radio station as much as they were funding a youth program. So I came on the air, and then immediately the next day, I had to start running this youth program. Wow. Which was also a brand new thing to me. And, uh, you know, a lot of people that had been running into me that, you know, knew I was in radio from Manao Radio and, you know, were really being negative about it. It was really weird. They just did not think that kids could do radio. They thought they were going to break everything. And um, we're right on the beach. They said, you can't have that equipment there. Uh, whatever I was in, you know, I was all in. <laughs> and, what was, um, I was curious about that. You know, what yeah. are the challenges next to a beach? What were people worried about? Were they worried about sand and moisture? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just the elements and the salt air, you know, taking down something as expensive as a, as a transmitter and, you know, all the equipment, which I'd have to say, you know, there were things that happened over the years we got hit by lightning once. That was about that was only about a year and a half into broadcasting. But um, there's always been this wonderful support for the station because it's for the kids, and the station itself is not for kids. It's for the community, you know. But it's the the by, program by you mean of the, the kids programming, the in. broadcast. You want you want the community right. tuning in, not just the not just kids. Right, exactly, yeah. And uh, so there was, you know, there's always been a lot of support when I have had things go wrong. Um, You know, I've definitely had uh, some people step up and help, and thank God. (laughs) So can you describe a little uh, bit of what the programming is like? Well, the programming itself is, you know, if you're catching the time that the kids aren't on the air, that is all me. So that is a, a huge collection of music that I have and continue to collect. And um, so, uh, yeah, big range, big range of, of genres. Um, what I try to do is 
something that nobody else is really doing on the dial, which is a lot of Americana. So that's a lot of what you would hear coming on. But, you know, there's huge chunks of reggae and jazz. And I'd gotten into radio originally um, as a jazz DJ. Uh, Not a whole lot of that. You might hear that on a Sunday night. So, yeah, big variety, folk music. um, Laura Civitello. Rock and roll. Laura Civitello there at um, radio station Radio Pio there in Maui, Hawaii. Tell us about the content that the youth make at your radio station. What kind of shows do kids make? I want to say also that I wanted to mention that one of the persistent myths that Radio Survivor often encounters and loves to try to at least uh, challenge, if not entirely overthrow, is that uh, young people don't like radio. Young people don't care about radio. You can't even make radio with young people because they've uh, they've moved on. They only care about live streaming their their Twitch streams. They don't they're not into this dead medium. Well, it's you know it's absolutely not true. I think when the kids first started coming in, um, it was well. First of all, primarily it's a safe place for them to be and to be together. And um, I, I'm not sure, like you know. That that they understood radio even. Mm-hmm. We do have very popular local stations, you know, that the kids... So radio was still alive on Maui, for sure. So, um, you know, you're on, so your friends are listening. Um, it's, it's not dead. I don't think uh, that they differentiate, really. And yeah. for them, it's an activity for them on this end. And when they realize people are listening and they get any kind of feedback and they get any calls with requests or is when they really understand that they are talking to people, that they're really connecting with an audience and that they have an audience. And, you know, as soon as you uh, empower somebody with that, that's just a, a really good jolt for them. Well, tell us about you know, when their they find shows. out what kind of, is it music shows mostly? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's mostly music shows. I mean, we've been on for 14 years now, so it's, you know, been a huge variety. Um, early on, we had a partnership uh, with MIT that uh, funded a, a young intern. She was 15. That her first job was being employed by MIT um, to boost interest in astronomy, hmm. which is a very interesting subject right now in the state of, of Hawaii. Definitely. Um, and so these programs, the programming she created uh, was something we called Astrofax. And uh, she created these hilarious uh, plays and produce them with the with the little kids as the voices of the planets, and um, it was a really funny oh, series. Fun. So, so not only did, it was super not only did this young fun, person produce facts. content, but they also engaged the other young people at your community center right. to, to participate. Correct. I yeah. Like so that was good fun, and you know she had uh, wonderful people in for interviews. Um, you know that's just one. Like I said, if you're thinking of an arc of 14 years, amazing. Um, what has happened? I started out uh, at first with a group of 15 um, year olds as DJs, and got some pretty serious programming out of them. 
you know, we had a couple of a couple of boys. Like one of them is a grown man owns a owns a vinyl record store in Seattle now. Um, but they were pretty seriously into music and doing things like pre war blues, post war blues shows. Um, but uh, what what I've got right now is kind of over the years that the youth center has been evolving, uh, and we've got a reputation as as a safe place for kids. We've attracted a lot younger kids. So I have a whole lot of nine-year-olds. I've got little kids now, nine, 10, 11. um, And they come on the air and, and they're just having so much fun. I mean, they're playing their music. They're singing their hearts out. They're just singing like crazy. Sometimes they actually sing along on the air, which is just, you know, God awful. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. It's fun. You really feel the joy yeah, of, uh, of kids in a natural state. And, you know, when I started the station, um, other people had some ideas about, about what this might be. And they were kind of thinking in terms of like an NPR for kids. And I said right from the beginning, I want this to be the sound of of ki- happy kids having fun. <laughs> yeah, that's really smart. that's what I, like I want that. it to be. I, yeah. I'm excited about your um, this 15 year old who grew up to own a radio to own a vinyl record store uh, here. Josh in, Josh Evans Josh Evans Seattle. Yeah, I want we should call Josh and ask him. Do you think there's anything to the idea? Paul Reismandel recently taught me that uh vinyl is a little bit more rare out there on the island just because uh just because of the distance it would have had to travel to to show up exactly to show up oh, in your yeah. homes so do you think that might have yeah. created a little bit of a different uh that Josh might have had a had a weird take on records as uh from his generation's point of view because Oh because absolutely Hawaii. oh he was always drooling for that <laughs> That's great. You know, and there are um, some people were at the beginning when I started the station uh, wanting to donate huge collections of vinyl, you know, and here I am located upstairs in a really old house that has taken on a lot of elements with very little room, you know, saying we couldn't even handle the the weight of that, let alone that, you know, it's it's kids it's little kids um yeah, but have, yeah there's some big collections on, on island do you have uh, I, I didn't notice if you had any physical music there um you know there's there's cds but kids don't know what those are so, so yeah the there's mo- there there are some cds here yeah for the most part are they playing music from uh digital sources then right yeah yeah what and uh, so you you were telling me how there were all these naysayers when you were heading into this project. What the project, what do you think which is we should tell our listeners, is to build a low power FM station, uh, run by uh, run by kids at a community center mostly, or the airwave is at least being uh, filled with content produced by the young people all at youth, this youth center, all in, youth DJs at at Radio Opio. Right. So. What what would you tell those naysayers now? Well, it just was immediately untrue. Um, I remember somebody volunteering and coming and putting this um, this door in, and they put this really heavy duty piece of glass in the door because they said, "Because you know, some kid's just going to punch through the glass." And I thought, 
really? Oh, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> and uh, no, nothing like that has ever happened. Nothing at all like that has ever happened. And, you know, the kids are here. We're, we're such an unusual organization. And we really have the freedom, everyone that works here, you know, to be your true self. And for me to have that kind of empl- employment is, um, you know, what a blessing for me. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a pretty animated, unusual person. And um, so it's been really just nonstop fun for me to uh, be with kids, be able to be my true self and, you know, not really have a party line per se around the youth center, uh, have a lot of freedom to um, let things unfold Mm -hmm. and see what the kids want to do. You know, when I started, the language of youth work was kind of baffling to me. And, you know, one of it was, uh, one of the terms was youth-driven. You know, we want our programs to be youth-driven and then I thought, well, why am I even here? You know, I'll go down to Charlie's and have a beer. Um, but, you know, then to be here and understand that, hey, you've got a certain kid. They've got a certain interest. You know, mm. let's, let's water that seed. Let's, let's feed that and see what comes of that. And uh, so, you know, there's people have asked me over the years, how do you schedule all those kids to come on? I don't. I don't schedule them. <laughs> they, they, they just take turns. And they take they turns. They come you in know? and they take turns. Yeah. So, Laura Civitello, you are the program director of Radio OPO at Pa'ia Youth and Cultural Center there on the island of Maui in Hawaii. And, you know, you said that, you know, there were the naysayers and, and that there are folks who, you know, wanted to have... Uh, had to build a, a, a really heavy-duty door because they assumed kids were going to break it. I want to I get a little sense for there. Why did people have that assumption? What is it about um, a youth center that, that, that caused folks to have such a negative impression of the young people that you'd be working with? And, and, and Well, that's a great question. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, the history of the location that we're in um, is – you know, a really a changing place, right? And it's a place, this is a, an old um, sugarcane plantation town, mm. all right? So not only do you have people um, with some uh, Hawaiian descent, but you have by the time, and I'm talking about by the time, you know, the youth center was starting up and beforehand, and I've been around for 34 years, so, you know, this is all very familiar to me. What you've got, you know, is just, I'd say, classic of a community that's being gentrified. Mm-hmm. And so you have um, people uh, and young people and kids feeling very alienated from their own area and their own neighborhood with very little opportunity and, you know, a lot of resentment for wealthier people coming in, changing the flavor of things extremely. So the location itself um, had a, a really rough reputation. When I say that this abandoned building, it was you didn't come near it hmm. because this group of, of local kids had really claimed it as their clubhouse. And they were actually the ones that got the youth center going. Mm. They had claimed it 
um, you know, and they were partying in here and, and you didn't come down here. Huh? Would you have called them squatters? They weren't paying. They, they, they weren't. Uh, yeah, they, they were. The yeah, they were just squatting. Right. Yeah. It was an abandoned building. And then there was notice put on it that it was going to it was going to be condemned and destroyed. And they um, found a, an adult that they knew from the beach here that uh, helped them. And they went to the property owner and managed to negotiate to actually take the building on. And now uh, a nonprofit was formed. Hmm. You know, now you've got um, an executive director hired. Now it's actually going to turn into a youth center, okay? And so it truly is youth so the beginning, from the very beginning. Absolutely. Wow. And so, so the beginning years of it were, uh, you know, it was rough stuff. In Inside the building were just different areas for people from different races. You know, they kind of naturally went with their groups and uh, people that we call uh, howlies here, you know, is the term for white people. And um, th- those kids didn't come down here. <laughs> you know, that didn't happen. Um, so it's really been um, a big evolution of all these years of, um, you know, staff coming and staying and being really caring people and the community changing. It's it's the most interesting social experiment you really can imagine. And, I, and I one can't of tell adults. you how happy I am. And, yeah, and one of those adults had the had the had the luck to stumble into applying for a low power FM radio station almost by chance. Right. Finding, I love this finding an article in Wired yeah. magazine announcing that the window for low power FM was opening. They applied, right. and your youth oriented uh, nonprofit uh, got a license, and now you're on the air to this day. Uh, how how many years has the radio station been on the air? We came on in uh, June of two thousand and six. Wow, congratulations. That's great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You know, Can for you- me, it's, 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 I look back and it, it just, you know, I'm so busy all the time. I'm so engaged with kids all the time. It's, yeah. it's fun to be interviewed and have a chance to, <laughs> to look back at it and go, wow, 14 years right. well, and so to, much has happened. I have to ask, do you have any of those sounds from, from the past? Um, I have um, a f- those astrofacts. Yeah. And then at a certain point, I lost a whole lot of files uh, in, a, in a computer meltdown yeah, that's a once. So I did lose a whole lot of stuff. But, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, probably I started to really, it was more than I thought, but about 400 kids a year come on the station. That's amazing. And there's a core group that will that stays on and has been with it. I mean, I've got a girl who has been involved for 13 years. She's about to turn 22. And, um, you know, she's aged out of the youth center, but she still comes in and, and does things. Um, you yeah, know, that's really unusual that, to have a 22-year-old who has 13 years of radio experience. That's quite... Isn't it? Quite yeah. uh, amazing. Could yeah. you? Well, she's her programming was from the time, and she is now, you know, has made an EP that's going to be released next winter. She's a singer songwriter. She's the real deal. 
and um, so she grew up uh, writing music as a as a young kid and playing and singing on the air. She'd come on and do shows, and she'd go live. Um, another kid wow. that was with me for many many years, Alex Kent. Every Saturday for, oh gosh, he was with me six years, Um, he would come on and do a Grateful Dead show every Saturday afternoon, and he plays and sings like crazy. Uh, So he was, and he had this squeaky little voice when he was just a little kid, but we had, um, are you familiar with uh, Lucas Nelson and the Promise of the Real? No. No. Really, because they are blowing up. I mean, they're huge. They were the band um, in, uh, um, God, uh, Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper, uh, Star is Born. Oh, wow. They're the backing band on stage, but that's Willie Nelson's son. Yeah, so (laughs) that's uh, Willie Nelson's son. And Willie uh, lives down the street here. Our millennial, a, a close our millennial listeners are all screaming at us for not knowing anything about <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Culture. But, uh, you know, I've known Lucas since he was a little, little boy. And um, I said to him, he was already out and touring and doing really well. He's just a monster, and I can't wait for you to, to get hip to that. They just opened for the Rolling Stones a couple okay, of shows. Great. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but um, I saw Lucas and I said, Lucas, listen, um, I'd known that Lucas had just done a version of the Grateful Dead's Althea with Bob Weir. And I said, I got this kid on the air and he's really wants to do this song with you. So uh, he, Lucas said, yeah, okay. So he comes in and Alex, when he was 12, was like the size of like a 10 year old, maybe. And he had this real squeaky voice. And uh, so I still have that file of um, the two of them doing uh, Althea and just killing it. It's just it's just so much fun. At the end of it, you hear you hear Lucas say to him, how old are you? And Alex says, I'm 12. (laughs) Live on the radio. there. Lucas goes gall at your low power FM community radio station that is at the youth oriented nonprofit there on the island of Maui. You're listening to Radio Survivor. We're here for the love of radio and sound. My name is Eric Klein. I'm joined here in, by Paul Reismandel and uh, my Radio Survivor co-host, Jennifer Waits. Yes, the radio tourist. So, so Laura, if we want to tune in and hear kid and youth voices, when is the best time to hear those shows? Well, you're going to hear those Hawaii time after school hours, basically okay. between 2 and 7 p.m., is is really the time to do that as far as listening to the station um if you just googled paia which is p a something called an okina but you don't need it p a i a youth if you just put in paia youth you're going to come up with the website for the entire youth center and then you see a way to uh stream the station right up there at the top yeah, and, it was, uh, it was, you know, cool. for me, I've got kids voices on all the time because when they're not on, um, you know, the PSAs that we have and the station IDs and thank yous and all of those, those are all, you know, done by kids. So I very, very rarely have an adult voice yeah. on the station, and, which is really yeah. sweet. I love, I love that. I love hearing that when we, when I was in Hawaii, we actually got to hear quite a bit of it. I was, 
I was pretty amazed. We were able to hear it for, I would say, about 45 minutes uh, as we drove up to, I'm going to pronounce the name wrong, but up to the summit of Haleakala. We could hear the station the entire way. Yeah. Gosh, I made one of my best friends of my life uh, so many years ago. I'm going to say I think it was 12 years ago. Um, We were on a different frequency then. We were on 89.5. And a man who'd been longtime bored on the board of um, 89.5 KVMR out of Nevada City. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, great community radio was station. up at the top of the mountain. He was here on Maui. He's up on the top of the mountain, and he decides to see if there's something on that frequency. So he tunes in, and he hears a little girl doing a Bob Marley special. <sighs> and he's just like, what the heck am I hearing? And he drove immediately down here, walked in the station. <laughs> now I call him my cousin, Tony. Because Anthony Spinetta, Laura Civitello looked at each other and just said, cousin, you know, (laughs) and we are like family. He comes every year to visit me since then and has been, you know, a supporter of the station and a good friend to the station. Um, So, yes, it comes in beautifully all the way up there. And and we're low power, so it's hit or miss other places. It's about a 10,000 foot summit up there. You are correct. (laughs) 10,044, I think. (laughs) Laura Civitello, I imagine that the schedule is a little different in summertime. Is summer vacation impact how often the young people are available to make radio? Oh, what a great, great thing to ask me, my friend, because I am a radio survivor. Okay, we just finished, I just finished my 14th summer break at the youth center, which does mean Eight hours a day with kids. I just turned 60 years old, okay? I turned 60, man. Uh, Yes, so thank you for bringing that up. Eight (laughs) hours a day. I love them so much. I love them so much, but whoo, that is is exhausting. And uh, was uh, real glad when they go back to, no, they don't. Real glad when they went back to school. (laughs) So, yeah, by the time they're here, you know, after school, um, I've had hours of, you know, doing other work and uh, having lunch and talking to my coworkers and that kind of stuff. Okay. And so they're just on the radio more in the summertime. They get to, they get to make more radio. Oh, absolutely. And you, right. you also have your hands full with all those radio. You producers. know, it's just the energy of it. Just the energy of it. So many kids know how to run the station. You know, that I've got ones that I can even, you know, say, hey, teach this one how to do it. And, uh, you know, so in that way, um, it's just high energy, basically. There, there's literally no real challenges to it, which is the opposite of what the naysayers were saying. How are you going to do that with kids? Well, I'm a person who, uh, you know, I, I have a, a great trust in life. So I'm not really a person who's trying to control things too much. Mm-hmm. I kind of herd them. And, and all summer, it's like herding cats, uh, you know. But, you know, I've got them um, as long as they're in there and they're doing the station IDs and they're having a good time, you know, then I'm really around the rest of the youth center dealing with who knows what else? <laughs> you know, Laura, this is Paul Reesbendel. You know, what you describe 
to me sounds actually a lot like college radio. I was a college radio advisor for about five years. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And and one of the principles of the station where I was working is you could you could trust the students to run it, basically. You know, and of course these are these are students who were you know, 18 to 22, right? So a little bit right. older, a little bit more mature. At, at, at frankly, you know, a an elite private university where you have mm-hmm. certain expectations. But at the same time, I think the premise washes regardless. If you go in with the premise, you're trusted to do this and know how to do it. Exactly. And, and a big right, component Paul. that I learned, and this was coming in, the station had been around for decades prior to my involvement, is the students had traditions they developed to train one another around how programming should work. And it was very much a mentorship type of approach, you know, uh, you exactly. know, 20-year-old teaching 19-year-old or 18-year-old. And it sounds to me like you developed something similar there at Radio OPO, at KOPO, where you said you right. have them training each other. And so would you say you've got, they've developed their own kind of ethos that gets passed along from generation to generation? Well, absolutely, and it and it's it's got a kind of um, you know like a real joy to it, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, just I think that's what kids need. You know, I think they've got so much um, structured time in their life. They've mm. got so much that's being controlled that I really just like to provide a venue and let them have at it. It's not like they're not naughty sometimes, but I love <laughs> naughty kids. Uh, well, here's, here was one thing that happened as far as trusting goes. And it was even the kid that I said at 15, you know, went on to uh, own a, a shop in a vinyl store in Seattle. So same kid. 15, they had a sleepover at the youth center. We don't do that anymore. Anyway, <laughs> so these guys begged me, we want to come on the air. We want to be on all night. Okay. I, another coworker was here. He still works here too. This goes back a long time. And uh, okay, you guys. Okay. So I remember, you know, and really being nervous about it. But I woke up at three o'clock in the morning and I think I better check the station. Okay, so yeah, I live about seven miles away. I turn it on, and they're having a Wu Tang Clan special. Uh huh. Yeah. A little, okay. A little, with a I call the station and I'm like, <laughs> I, I call the station and I'm like, nope, nope, you done. <laughs> so you it's do over. You do have the normal controls on language. Do you do you try to make sure that the the music that they have access to and play is appropriate for young people? Yeah, no, that ship kind of sailed. <laughs> what I, we, we're the worst. We're the worst like that. But they do try, and they really try. And I'll tell you what I really love, and it's happened a few times lately. You know, sometimes they'll have, sure, the bad words are cut out, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a right. clean version. And they say they're playing a clean version. And I got to go kind of good enough with that. Yeah. You know, the last thing a kid wants to hear from a grown-up is that your music is horrible. Right, right. Okay, but um, uh, but what I what's happened a couple of times recently that I just felt really good about was kids starting to really listen to the message of what they're listening to and deciding on their own, not appropriate, mm. not a good message, 
wow, I didn't know that's what that song was saying. Sometimes I'll stick my head in and say, hey, you guys, you know, if it's something really misogynist, I'll stick my head in and say, um, I want you to listen. Mm-hmm. I don't say turn it off. I say I want you to oh, listen. So you're what encouraging is, them to you think know? critically about what they're engaging with rather than Absolutely. you being the arbiter, which is, effectively makes you the censor, right? You're, you're right. teaching them, right? You're, you're teaching right. them to engage. And I think, you know, when I said appropriate for, for, for kids, you know, in the back of my head, I was like, I did not phrase that the way I meant to. Because I, I didn't mean to imply, right, that, you know, they're only listening to, to Rafi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or Sesame Street well, records. Well, not at all. Not, not at, at all. You know, right? what's really been fun for me, because I'm 60 years old, um, is that these movies that have come out lately, pretty much if you turn it, tune in during kid time, you're going to hear Queen. They yeah. love Queen. Mm. You're going to hear Elton John. Mm. You're going to hear the song Tiny Dancer like a few times in one afternoon. (laughs) Um, So, uh, you know, which has turned them on to other music of that time where where they're listening to a lot of David Bowie. Um, We heard a lot of Beastie Boys. uh, Beastie Boys. Yes, Beastie Boys. Yay. Gosh, I got so excited with this kid um, last week, Uh, you know, because they're in and they don't really have that sense of transitions between songs, you know, which is one of my most beloved hobbies of my life. Like I'm still not (laughs) tired of just weaving music. I'm still after 20 years, I'm not tired of it. And, uh, um, so this, I got a a kid in that's really turned on to radio right now and he's 12. And, uh, the other day he went from a beastie boys. I forget which one, I was listening from the other room, had a radio on, talking to a coworker, and he goes from Beastie Boys and makes this beautiful uh, transition into uh, Stevie Wonder Superstition. Mm. Ooh. And I had to just come in the station and go, now you get it. Mm. Now you get the fun of weaving all that together. Nice. So, uh, um, I, yeah. So the music the is hugely varied. That's the voice of Laura Civitello. They help run a radio station that is youth-oriented on the island of Maui called Radio Pio. And you're listening you got to it. Radio Survivor. You, you know, Laura, I wonder, do you ever, do you ever get complaints from listeners? Uh, th- sometimes. Very, very <laughs> seldom, but yeah. sure. I've Nelson gotten criticism. <laughs> what, what, what are the, you know, because I mean, I you worked know, in community I, I know radio really, so many but, years. <laughs> Yeah, I worked in, in in community radio for so years, for so many years, mm-hmm. you know, and and it's just, you know, you don't get a lot of complaints, but it wasn't unusual to get complaints because in some cases people are just hearing sounds and voices they're unfamiliar with and don't expect to get on the radio, and occasionally there's somebody who complains at something even on you know a, a you know a, a station run by ostensibly adults uh, doesn't sound professional enough, right, or or to them sounds. Right. Uh, amateur and i've heard you know listeners use the word juvenile as well (laughs) used to uh to complain about uh, community radio stations (laughs) and i wonder if you if you uh you know ever ever occasionally get those sorts of of calls you know the the criticisms um 
that, you know, have been few, but what they've been about was the previous question. And it was, you know, about the um, content, about the music that the kids Mm. were playing and people thinking that that was uh, very remiss on my part to allow that. And, you know, for me, I'd rather have adults know what little kids are actually listening to Mm. Ah. rather than to create any kind of false front for the youth center, you know, let go ahead. You know, I hear you. I hear that, that opinion of that. And yes, we talked about it. You know, I'm not just letting this stuff just fly. Um, You know, it sparks conversations and that's interesting that, that then when you're listening, you're actually getting a glimpse at youth culture which is probably hard right. to get in a real way. Unvarnished. Right. Not interpreted yeah. by is. an adult. Even it as is. a parent, you know, you don't always get the real story. Correct. So, so that's yeah. cool that, that's, that, you, that you feel like that's happening over the airwaves. Yeah, and sometimes when it's over the line, it's just flat out over the line. You know, it's just uh, rude and they need to know. <laughs> well, that's, that's rude. <laughs> right, but, there are always uh, limits, but let's not put them and, too yeah. close. And, you know, Paul, right. Paul's asking about the listeners. I'm curious who the listeners are in general and, and what you hear from them generally, you know, beyond the occasional complaint, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. I get so, we get so much love. Oh, my God. We get so much love from our listeners. We get a lot. People love this little station or people that have just been glued to it for years and years um people love to even just hear the voices of the kids even to hear uh you know the music that i'm programming um interspersed with uh the station ids and the thank yous and all that from the kids it just really lifts people's spirits to hear kids voices and um you know hear what they're doing that they're doing other things and just uh, staring at their phones. Um, it's been really fun for me to get to know a couple of few thousand kids over the years and <laughs> kind of assure people, you know, that, that only hear about youth maybe through um, through articles and things that they're reading and things that they're hearing about that, uh, you know, this is like a lost generation and you know, they're all just uh, have a screen in their face all the time. And, you know, nothing nothing could be further from the truth. We've got a whole house full of uh, super engaged kids, you know, that love to do all kinds of things here. And, um, you know, it's kind of been a fun thing for me to uh, have firsthand experience of, of when we, what kids are When we popped like. in, all the... I only saw girls at the station, which also was very exciting. Mm. Um, and all the girls were so friendly and enthusiastic and happy to say hello and ask us questions. It's a so really it, happy, happy place. Now, you could walk in on a different day and it'd be all boys. You yeah. Know? So just depending on who's here. But, um, you know, this is a place where the kids just, they feel very loved they feel very safe. They feel very familiar. You know, we've got, like I said, this longtime staff. So they get to really, really grow up with us. And um, yeah, it's like a family. So, you know, they're not in a school. It's a hard place to explain to people, you know, mm-hmm. because we do have these programs 
that um, people think, oh, it's like a school. Oh, do they sign up for that program? No, they're just here and they want to eat. So they're going to learn how to cook. <laughs> you know, variety of, of things like that. Yeah. But they're comfortable. Yeah, they're comfortable. And then, you and know, Jennifer ha- Jennifer's seen our location. Well, yeah, it's... Yeah. Um, it, well, we actually sat in the parking lot and ate lunch. And so we mm-hmm. watched as people with surfboards kept wandering by. Um, and there's the skate park that's part of the youth center, right. you know, right next to the building. And then on the first floor uh, from your building, there was an open door where you could see right out to the beach. Yeah, and you're right on the so beach. Like, you know, the kids come down view. from school, tear their clothes off and go running in the ocean. Wash that off, you know, and then they're ready to have a day <laughs> and have an afternoon. Yeah. yeah. I'm Unlike, very jealous. I Unlike know, any radio station that I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I'd I wish I'd had that opportunity when I was uh when I was that age. You know. Um Laura Civitello, you are the program director of Radio PO. Um what's with the name? Tell us what is the background of that name? Well, OPO means youth in Hawaiian. And um, I put radio and OPO together, I kind of spell it with a big O for the OPO in the middle of the word, and originally uh, had a kid design the logo for it. So the logo you see for it is also designed by, uh, by a young girl back then, who's all grown up now, uh, actually a, a commercial artist. I think she lives in Toronto, mm. last I heard. Um, <laughs> And uh, so, you know, yes, uh, uh, Hale Na Opio is the uh, Hawaiian uh, name for the youth center. So Hale being house, house of youth. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, the, that's the name. I, I found out that oh, there wonderful. is another radio Pio out of Mexico City that is a Catholic station uh, devoted to Padre Pio. So that was weird, <laughs> but that's a radio. Fun fact. Pio, yeah. You thought you were the only one. Yeah, really. Well, Laura Civitello, thank you so much uh, for sharing uh, all this wonderful information that is making me green with envy that I, I, I when I was in Maui about a year and a half oh, ago, man. I did not visit. I'm yes, coming but, back, though. Okay, but come can, back. Come see me. You can always tune in. You I'm coming back. Tune into this radio station on the internet, yeah. anywhere in the world, to get a little taste of uh, that youthful spirit right next to the I, beach. I actually Be stayed instantly in transported. Did you stay in Paia? Yeah, I stayed in Paia. Uh-huh. I did. Wow. So I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. Though I, I could perceive, you know, the, you know, the fact that the rock band Kiss owns a bar right. there in the little commercial district. Uh-huh. I could tell what what the the, the tensions of gentrification and. Yeah. And, and spoke with folks uh, on the island ab- about that, right. you know, um, and I'm so amazed that there's this great outlet and gathering place uh, for for young people and they, they get the chance to make radio amongst other right. things. It's It sounds just well, fantastic. Well, come so on back so and see me. For your uh, work. God willing, I'll still be here. I'm coming back. Okay. Jennifer, I'm so glad that you decided to go on vacation and... Hawaii, and of course, like you, you do, you, you included radio stations in your travels. 
Well, and and when I met Laura, I I had such I, I was there briefly at the station, and we had such an interesting conversation, and she had amazing stories. So I'm glad that we were able to replicate that with both you and Eric for the yeah. radio show as well. Um, because her, her stories need, needed to be heard beyond that moment when I was in the radio station. I'm just going to go out on a limb and overdo it and say I'm so excited today on Radio Survivor to bring uh, to bring everybody in the audience uh, the voice of, of the person who runs the low-power FM station that Willie Nelson listens to every day <laughs> there in his home in Hawaii. I know. Who but, knew? But I'm making that up, everybody. That's exactly. not a fact. Well, It's a feeling. And Jennifer, you also had a chance to drop in at another community radio station. It's a little longer run, and it's a place actually where where Laura from Radio Pio, uh, she was working uh, prior to to starting her station. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Inspired by your visit on a previous trip to Manao Radio, um, I knew that I also had to visit this community radio station as well in Wailuku, Maui. In fact, it it was a good excuse to see that part of the island. So uh, often my radio tours are a way for me to see more of a place. And um, so that was actually a planned visit. So mm-hmm. it's such a fun way me. to it's such a fun way to map the world to think that if there's a community radio station here, there must be there must be a community here for me. Right. As well. And, and to, I did when be, I was there, I just dropped in. Yeah, to be a radio station tourist is not a bad way to explore this world. It, yeah, no, you really do learn about a community or a college community if you're at a college radio station. Yeah. I feel like it, it is a really interesting glimpse into a place and and the conversations that I have with people in radio stations end up covering all sorts of ground. Uh, you know, it's interesting in Hawaii to find out, you know, a lot of the folks in Hawaii may have come from another place. Uh, I definitely met a lot of people from California who had who had left for Hawaii, you know, for their magical, the magical lifestyle of Hawaii, in- including some of the DJs who I met at Manao Radio. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was a fun experience. I'm going to write that up as as a station tour. So. Yeah. I don't necessarily want to go into, you know, every Sure. I have, to, I have to put in a bit of a cynical counterpoint to your magical Hawaii, just that we also know that lots of people, uh, native people from Hawaii have been pushed out of their homes by by the gentrification of their communities and it's really nice that the that the station that we focused on today uh Gives back to to the to the native youth and also all the youth, all the youth, you know, there. Giving, giving from, them a place, from a variety of backgrounds. Yeah, people I, who may have been there longer or shorter. Yeah, and that's K O P O. One of the my, one of the first times my eyes were opened to the situation in Hawaii was working on a, a radio uh, documentary on for Free Speech Radio News about um, both the the homeless population there of native people in Hawaii as well as the uh, the, the military industrial complex's use of the island uh, and just. It was a really interesting, eye-opening experience. I just wanted to to throw that in there, uh, just just yeah. to, just to, just to the other side of a coin. Yeah, the yeah, there are, you know, even though it it appears to be paradise, you know, there there are challenges in Hawaii that exist in, you know, every part of the world. So, yeah. you know, you're correct in bringing that up. And tell, well, I'm sure also there are community radio stations, uh, you know, talking about these issues. 
Where else did you visit when you went to stations in Hawaii? So, so those are the two stations I visited. But um, you know, I was flipping the radio dial constantly, and um, as soon as I arrived in Hawaii, uh, when we were leaving the airport, we actually heard another low power FM station, K A K U L P, that's in Kahului, and it was it was a live show with with local DJs talking about local stuff. And and I guess the majority of the time they're airing syndicated programs. So it was kind of cool that we actually caught that station when they had one of their local live yeah. shows. Isn't that always the way? Yeah. And then and then there was another station that I read about in Hana at the Hana Cultural Center, uh, another low power FM station called KOKO LP that plays all Hawaiian music. So we caught a bit of that. As oh, we I, I definitely heard that station when I was in Maui. And, and, and when we weren't listening to uh, Mana'o Radio, we, we turned in that station to listen to the Hawaiian music. Well, this one's low power, so I don't know if you caught... There were a lot of stations in Hawaii playing Hawaiian music. Yeah, but I could... Um, I, I know the exact one, and we oh, were okay. able to get it in. Yeah, I cool. remember that station I know, very specifically. I know that Paul will have links to some of the relevant stations' exactly. websites on today's uh, Radio Survivor show notes page. And Jennifer, you have, uh, you've just said it on the air that you promised to write up some of the station tours. I promise. Yeah, and I'm so, so far uh, behind. so people should stay yeah. tuned to RadioSurvivor.com <laughs> to see station tours from Hawaii. And if you're impatient and want to learn more about other stations that Jennifer has visited, those all of those are available on the Radio Survivor website. Jennifer has been to over... Oh my gosh, it's so many... The number keeps growing. I know it's. I mean, it's close to 160 that right. I've written about. One hundred so. over 160 stations visited and and written about. Uh, and if that number is inaccurate today, just give me three weeks, and Jennifer will catch up, and then my number will be will be. Correct. Oh no! Yeah, now yeah, add to my to do list. <laughs> <laughs> I was just at another station yesterday, so it yeah, it's a. Uh, they the never uh, and they, the tours never end. The Earth keeps adding new community radio stations. Where it's a good time to to like radio here. Uh, don't despair. <laughs> so a, a PS on that Hawaiian KOKO LP in Hana. Um, we so we we listened to it in Hana, and then we drove to the parking lot, and you know it it was a day when nobody would be there. But so we sat in the parking lot and I took a picture of the outside of the station. So sometimes I just do a little bit of a stalker move, (laughs) even if I don't go in. Very good. Well, look to radiosurvivor.com for Jennifer's future write-ups on all of these stations. And I suppose we should say that, as always, if you know something we don't know, we'd love to hear from you. If there's a low-power FM in Hawaii or another community radio station that you want to share with us or any other tidbit that we love all radio facts and feelings and and opinions so send us send us a word uh, our email is podcast at radiosurvivor.com underwriting for this edition of radio survivor is provided by austin airwaves supporter of radio taboo in cameroon visit radio taboo on facebook for more information about their community radio project and their documentary film debut at the austin film society in austin texas on September 19th. Yeah, and, very cool. Radio Taboo, super, super cool that we're, that we get to share a little bit of this. I, I want to know more. On the podcast only. Yeah. You can't, you can't elaborate. I can't even say. I, no, you can't editorializing. elaborate. Editorializing. Now, I'll leave that in. Yeah. We learn something new every day on Radio Survivor. You can say That's that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I'm so, I'm so unused to taking 
to taking money for the work we do that I'm that I forgot that I'm uh, uh, obligated legally by FCC rules not to have enthusiasm. <laughs> even, even and you know it's it's so rare to. Whereas on podcasts, they're built on the enthusiasm for yeah. advertisers. Yeah, I'm leaving this in just a, <laughs> just as a learning for our yeah. audience. Uh, I mean, radio people know this, but if you're out there on the internet, uh, there are different rules for what you can be enthusiastic about on non-commercial our, radio at yeah, the very least. And uh, the fact that Jim Ellinger, former guest of the show, uh, 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 approached us about underwriting changes the, the, the relationship with the words I can say with my mouth on the airwaves of uh, the United States radio stations where we air. It's but we can say on the podcast, big thanks to Jim and Austin airwaves, yeah. both uh, for this and for all the great work they do in support of community radio around the world. And if you are interested in becoming an underwriter and having your message on our podcast, drop us a line, podcast at radiosurvivor.com. We'll be glad to uh, talk with you about it, email with you about it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for getting that. I'm glad I made the mistake. It's fun to explore the world of radio and podcasting (laughs) uh, in real time. Well, we're looking forward to the next edition of the program. Uh, when we're back, we will be able to talk about border radio. It looks like yeah, super exciting. We're gonna we're gonna get that interview recorded in a matter of uh, hours, if not days, and bring it to the airwaves. And, and uh, it, border yeah, blast some, years, man! What an amazing something that we've talked about and skirted around on a number of issues. Yeah, and, the idea of border radio. Well, I an mean, expert heard that we were talking about it yeah. and decided to get a hold of us oh, there's something lucky us there's something I, I mean you know we were we were we were we were dancing around this the edges of the border blaster issue story uh, exploring this world of radio as it crosses borders um it's come up on the shortwave episode that uh um that jennifer and i recorded with um with uh jennifer do you remember the name of our guest Short, oh, oh, uh, oh, oh with Thomas Witherspoon? With Thomas Witherspoon from some shortwave listening post, SL. Mm-hmm. SWLpost.com. And yeah. so that, that the idea of border crossing came up. We also had a uh, extremely illuminating, long, luxurious conversation with uh, friends of the show in Ireland on on amazing pirate border radio going on there and that really opened our eyes and so now we're about to really dive into the world of uh, border blasters in north america um, yeah all because a guest not a guest the future guest uh heard that we cared and reached out to us and because yeah, we talked about it in san diego yeah and, and, just and why are there no fm college radio stations in, in san diego that are terrestrially licensed. And it just so happens that our guest wrote his dissertation on this topic. So it was kind enough to uh it's kind enough to agree to come in and help illuminate to like to be glad that we are talking about something that he's an expert in and also generous enough to uh correct the record uh politely. Like what an incredible combination of uh, uh, a confidence and humility. Exactly. Right? To say hi and then uh, allow us the opportunity to invite him on the air. So it's going to be good. Wonderful. So please do uh, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcast app. If you're listening on the radio, remember this time. One way or another, we hope you get to spend another hour with us. We enjoyed spending this hour with you. 